This is Shannon Lingren, and you're listening to Legalist Rainmaker Podcast, where we interview attorneys at top law firms about how they made partner. Today on the podcast, we have David Goodman, a partner at Greensfelder in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, David has been litigating for 29 years, and we'll find out how he got his first clients and, and how we made partner. David, thanks for, for joining us today. Well, thank you for letting me participate. This, is, this will be fun. It, that it will be. And uh, I guess just to, to jump in here, uh, give us a little bit of background on where you're currently working on and also the, the types of cases that you focus on. Sure. Um, I am a business litigator in Chicago. I, my, my practice, though, is pretty varied, and it has been over the years. I've tried a lot of cases over 29 years ranging from, you know, I started out with personal injury defense type cases. And as I learned how to try cases, I've, you know, tried the full gamut now from uh, complex insurance coverage litigation, uh, very complex business disputes, and some not so complex business disputes, trade secrets litigation. But it's really, um, at this point, my practice is, is fairly focused in, in uh, business disputes. Great. And bringing it back to, to the very beginning of your career, before you knew what you were going to focus in and uh, just starting out as an associate, um, give us where you were at that time coming out of law school, who were you working for, and then also what your first major case was that you brought in and, and how did that happen? Sure. So I'm an accidental litigator. Uh, I went to law school because I decided, I'd worked on a presidential campaign and had wanted to be a political consultant. And so uh, I got a job, though, after my second year of law school, uh, working at a firm in Chicago. And I saw that litigation could be kind of fun because you're putting on, you know, many shows. That's what I, that's what I thought. And so uh, out of law school, I, I went back to the firm that had hired me and uh, began litigating. And the best, initially, my best break was uh, one of the things that made me nervous, most nervous in my, in my career, we had a huge group of uh, associates in the classes above me leave for another firm. So suddenly, uh, my uh, height on the totem pole rose. I, I suddenly became you know, more in demand and, and got to try cases much earlier than I otherwise would have. So, or participate in teams of trying, you know, cause we were trying cases as teams. And uh, so that was a, it was a great break, but it was very stressful because suddenly, you know, you're, you're out in the public forum having to, you know, actually litigate and uh, without as much of a safety net as you otherwise would have had. So, you know, it's trial by right. fire and it's trial by right. fire and you learn quickly. Yeah, and, and you were thrown in there, like you, like you said. Uh, so uh, were there any, any mistakes that you made in that time of being an associate uh, that helped you on your path to making partner? Um, and what were they and how did they help you get to where you were today? So the biggest mistakes I made up front were uh, the times when I tried to be, to, 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 to not show that I didn't know what I was doing. It was my fear of asking questions, my fear of showing that I really didn't know what I was doing. And, you know, uh, I, so what happened, I mean, the, the, there was one day when I got sent off to court and uh, little did I know, um, 
because I hadn't been fully prepared by the partner who was overseeing what I was doing, that I was being thrown into court because she didn't want to be there. And so I got chewed out by the judge for not being well prepared about the dispute and what had happened beforehand. And so I came back and I relayed the message that the court gave me, which was, you know, that I was going to come back with this other partner and she was going to come in and we were both going to have to explain what our position was, what, what had happened. It was, it was a, it had been an ugly dispute and the partner who'd sent me in wasn't being fair to me. That said, you know, I was angry, but I didn't realize that, you know, how, how much responsibility I had and how I always needed to be super well prepared, even to the point of, you know, maybe aggravating the partner who was overseeing me or because you always need to be prepared because my obligation is to the client. And so by doing that, by having that experience, having been thrashed and, you know, pretty mercilessly by the court, um, you know, you, you, you grow from that and then you become more confident and you learn that, yeah, I can deal with it. I can just, you know, I can go back. It's okay. No loss, no bad experience is forever. You grow from it. And what, if it doesn't kill you, you, you know, it makes you stronger, perhaps. I don't know. Right. But but that was good. And it was an important lesson to me now as a partner, because I, 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 you know, I try to give the associates that I work with the opportunity to ask questions. But if they don't, if I, I, I don't want them to go have that bad experience, because I also don't want to be dragged into court if I'm not going myself. So, um, you know, because you can get that return visit. I, I don't want to be that partner person who, who was unfair. But by the same token, I expect I've learned that it's important for you to expect the people that you're working with to ask you questions and to listen to them and answer those questions. Right. And uh, you, you kind of learned that early. Um, do you remember where you were when you became partner or was asked to, to be a partner and what firm that was at? I do remember that. I remember it real well. In fact, I keep, uh, I mean, so one of my clients today was also in that same partner you know that same associate class and remember the firm newsletter we have the picture of the two of us we looked much younger then than we look today but you know it was an exciting you know growing up together as you know long, young lawyers becoming partners you know uh it, it built a bond and again it's a, it's actually it led it's now led to you know he's in he's working in house as a general counsel and you know he's a he's a client now but um, yeah, I do remember it well. I was at um, I was at a firm called Arnstein and Lear, which is now Saul Ewing Arnstein and Lear, and um, I had just I was actually in the middle of a trial, and I came back to I come back to the office from for lunch, and um, I got a, an email to go see the managing partner, or uh, actually it was it was an it wasn't an email it was a okay it was a we had an internal system, and I I got a notification, and I went to see him and. He, you know, he said, I know you're in trial. I won't, I won't keep you. I just want to let you know you're going to be a partner. That was it. <laughs> so I, I remember it well. It was, but. So. Yeah. <laughs> Great way to, to find out in, in the middle of trial there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, hey, it could have been worse. I mean, you, you hate to have, oh, by the way, you know, when you're done, you're, you're, you know, go clean up your stuff, you're, you're, you're out of work. So it was at least it wasn't that. It was just, oh, you're going to be a partner. This is all good. Right. It keeps you going for the rest of that trial for sure. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and so um, once you uh, kind of got that news and, and 
started to fulfill the role of being a partner, had at this point you already chosen what area you were going to specialize in? Um, and how did you start building that book of business? So it was a different time, um, I mm -hmm. think. At, at that time, more, uh, you know, the, the firm had a lot of institutional clients, and I, all I really had to do was show up and try cases. I didn't realize at that point how important it was to, in terms of being able to control your own future, to, to be the person who had established those, you know, client relationships. And so, um, I, you know, I, I began to develop my, my so my, my specialty was really trying cases and, and working cases up for trial and then trying them. Um, and when I learned ultimately the importance, the value of being, in, you know, being able to control your career by developing the client relationships. Um, you know, later on, when you began to see, uh, you know, you look at your peers, look at people above you, and you see people who, you know, were become, you know, who, who were mistreated, who you, who you were passing over, and you didn't want to be them. You wanted to, uh, you know, find a way to have, you know, to have control. So what I, what I learned was. There are certain things you could do real well, or I could do well, and uh, try to, and I and I enjoyed, and so mm -hmm. it's trying to 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 pair those two things and focus on those areas. And, right, and and like you said, a, a little bit different of a time in in the way that uh, you used to come into cases there. But if you were today to step into a law firm and become a first day associate, what advice would you give to them on, on that journey, but also on uh, what it looks like to, to start building your book of business. So I think that there are two things that are critical to building your business. And I, I, and I think, and, and those are the things that I think also make practicing law really fun. And it, because I looked, when I was in law school, you know, I was going to, you know, again, as I mentioned, I was going to do something other than practice law, but I, you know, you're learning a discipline, a profession, what does that mean, you know, does it involve sales? It really didn't involve sales at that time, but, um, but it really did. The guys who were really good, the people who were really good, and actually at the time I started it was pretty much guys, but today it's the people who are really good are the people who are good at, you know, establishing relationships, and that's the value. So these are all things that we, these are skills that we have generally. I mean, you know, we make relationships, we have relationships with friends, we have relationships with the people around us, and it's sort of listening to them and being honest with them and sharing with them and with those things, and then, then using the skills that you have to enhance their, you know, in, 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 if it's, you know, work, if it's, you know, their profession, helping them in their, you know, meet, meet their, you know, business need. Um, so it's, you know, so if, if I'm listening to a friend, and she tells me that, you know, about some issue that's come up at work. Um, I listen and I try to think, gee, is there somebody I know who would be able to help her with that? Can I help her with that? So I can either help her perhaps as a connector or I can help her as a problem solver. But I've helped her already as a listener. And those are the types of things I think that you want to focus on in order to build your career. Because if you do those things, your, your career, your um, network of, of people will grow and, and it leads to business. Right. So if, if you follow that advice and, and grow your network and build those relationships and are able to, to bring those people in, uh, but then there's the aspect of, of selling not only your firm, but also 
the rates of your firm? Um, how do you sell that? And do you see creative ways nowadays to, to supplement um, those rates? Right. So there's all this, there's a lot of pressure, you know, you know, today um, to think creatively about how to defray the costs of the services that we provide. I mean, it, what we do is time intensive and it's hard on some level to think of, well, what's the, what is the value of this deposition? You know, it, 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 do I need, you know, and so as I, as I practice, I'm always thinking about being pragmatic in my practice, doing what I need to do to develop a case and thinking about the case in, as a part of a construct. So I can be pragmatic and I can control the cost that way. But there's expense associated with, with litigation and so, or with other transactions too. So what I try to do is think, is there an alternative way that I might be able to, to, to fund uh, the resolution of the, of the dispute? Because you know, I'm a litigator, so I'm resolving disputes. And so if I can find, so perhaps I can do it on a flat fee basis or perhaps I can join with somebody, you know, there may be an investment opportunity. I mean, it, it's, you know, I, I have a good, so for example, I, um, I do a lot of insurance recovery work. So if I have a case um, and I, I can look at, you know, what I believe that the case is going to bring in ultimately out of the insurance coverage, uh, there's going to be some expense. And so I can look at a way of my client might be able to share the risk with a third party, like, like a funder, for example, and share the benefit with that too. It's just like an investment in anything else. I mean, it's, it, it's thinking about the services that we provide at, in, in a business context, you know, and I think that that's the value today. I think that's what we have to be doing always, thinking about alternative ways in which we can help our clients, work with our clients, partner with our clients to share the risk and the benefit of, you know, the potential benefit, I guess, uh, and the potential risk associated with their matter. Right. And, and like you said, there's many ways of, of doing that. And as you know, and a lot of our listeners, uh, litigation funding is a newer industry um, and definitely something that, you know, is changing by the day, but also people are using it in, in different ways every day. Um, how do you see it playing a role? Well, I think, as I said at the beginning, when I was starting out, more cases were going to trial than they are today because, you know, it's it's so potentially prohibitively expensive to, to try cases. And so part of what we have to do is, but you have disputes and how do you resolve them? I think that litigation still beats uh, pounding each other with mallets, although the, probably the TV ratings aren't as good. Uh, but I think if you, um, if you can find, if you can help find a way of helping your client in addition to resolving their dispute, but helping to fund that at a, a, um, a mentor years ago, so I ended up doing insurance coverage work, which sounded dreadfully boring um, because a mentor essentially forced me to do it. He traded me you know, the opportunity to work on some coverage cases for the opportunity to work in a really cool case that I'd wanted to work on. And he said to me, you know, Dave, you're, you're never going to regret what, you know, you're, you're going to enjoy this trial, but this coverage work is going to, is going to be important to you for the rest of your professional career because there's nothing that uh, makes a client happier than, you know, helping on an insurance recovery because it's the gift that keeps giving. They keep, you know, you get the benefit of the policy and so forth. But if you can help a client today 
you know, both resolve their dispute and find a mechanism to pay for the resolution, or at least to control the expense associated with that, you've got a friend for life. And I think that's the thing. I think that's sort of, it's like, it's, it's helping. I think that the um, younger people have a greater advantage because they're not looking at the professional you know, world in the same sort of fixed way that people who've been doing the same thing over and over and over again, you know, for, you know, decades are, I mean, I, you know, it's harder for me to sell litigation funding, for example, to uh, my older peers who have, who just, it, it, to them, it sounds so foreign and new, but for younger people who are more, you know, who are more used to, a, you know, sort of a go-go venture world, entrepreneurial world, it seems like an easier sell. And, it, I, I, you know, I, and I think that there's a greater comfort level for it. So I think that that's an advantage. They can, if you're thinking pragmatically and partnering with your clients and able to do that, I think that that'll be a, uh, give you a foot in the door to bring in better, um, uh, more lucrative potential, potentially uh, matters into your practice and, and hedge the risk. And especially for associates starting their careers, it gives them some platform to, to bring in these clients um, that may have strong litigations, but not necessarily the, the funds to, to pursue them there. That, that's right. They may have the connection. They may have, and especially where you're talking about, um, you know, I have a, a, a son who's in uh, venture capital. And, you know, you look at some of the things that they're working on that his, that his company's working on. It's fascinating. And will and potentially, you know, sort of life changing, world changing. Um, but you know, it's there's there's risk in, in those things, and there's risk in the disputes arising from that. And they may be very, there may be a very large upside. But the question is, how do you fund, you know, the the gap to get to the upside? And so I, it's it's an op, it's an opportunity that was, you know, was certainly looked down on uh, to the extent that it was it was looked at at all. Um, for years and years. It's a different world today, though. Right. And it'll be exciting to see kind of how it plays a role in, in litigation in the future and, and especially even in associates um, on, on their path building their book of business. Right. I think that, you know, it's because it, it, what happens, the other piece of it, I think, that, that helps associates is that it's not just them selling the matter. They have to, they have to, you're, you're, you're involving a third party who's looking at this case as an investment opportunity. It's sort of a reality check. I think if that's a help, if you can bring that in, it's a help to your client also in selling both your skill set and the value of the matter because you've got an inservant, somebody else who's going to have skin in the game who's going to then uh, show that what, what you're offering, your suggestion is, is valid. It's, it's, um, it's reasonable. So right. I think it gives you it gives you a little bit more standing stature, I guess, uh, than you might otherwise have as an associate in trying to solve a case. Right, validating it not only for your client, um, but but also for the the firm that that it's yeah. a, a good case to to bring on there, and third party underwriters even uh, agree with the strength of the case itself. Exactly, that's exactly right. And that's worth a lot. Well, thank you so much for for all the advice and experience here. Well, thank you very much for for, uh, talking to me. All right. Thanks for listening. Legalist is a tech-driven litigation finance firm that helps lawyers get paid. Rate our podcast and give us a review wherever you find your podcasts. See you next time.